Hello and welcome. You are listening to the $100,000 stock portfolio. This is a series where I am building a dividend stock portfolio from scratch with the ultimate goal of having six figures invested. My name is Ryan Scribner and I'm an investing junkie and online business enthusiast. I left my nine to five back in 2017 to dive headfirst into the world of online business. I have a rapidly growing YouTube channel and I am the co-owner of the personal finance blog, Investing Simple. Each month, I invest a few thousand of the passive income from my businesses into this portfolio. The brokerage I invest with is M1 Finance. Check out the show notes for a link to my channel as well as a free step-by-step -step guide on how you too can invest with M1 Finance. That being said, let's get on with the show. So it is my favorite time of the month. It is time for my monthly dividend stock portfolio update. For those of you that have missed the first two episodes, basically I am building a $100,000 dividend stock portfolio from scratch using the free brokerage known as M1 Finance. Now, if you wanna learn more about that brokerage and check out a free training I put together that shows you step-by-step how to invest with them and build a portfolio from scratch. That is going to be linked up down in the description below. Now, real quick, I just have to make two disclaimers here. Number one, this video is for entertainment purposes only, and you should do your own research before investing in the stock market. And number two, I am affiliated with M1 Finance, so if you do use my link, I may earn a small commission in the process, but I do appreciate your support as it helps me put together videos just like this one. So in the month of February, I invested $2,000 of new money into this portfolio, $500 per week. However, I also made the decision this month to transfer my Charles Schwab portfolio into this M1 Finance portfolio. So in doing so, I transferred 1,049 shares of General Electric to this portfolio as well as three shares of National Grid. So those two dividend stocks are now part of this M1 Finance portfolio. I'll explain why I did that later on in the portfolio update. So overall in the month of February, I had $2,000 of new money entering this portfolio and I transferred $12,000 of stocks I already owned into this portfolio. And I have a pretty big uh, chunk of money I am going to be investing on Monday as you're watching this video on Monday. I'm recording it on Friday. So we'll talk more about that in a second. Beyond that, I'm also still investing $2,000 per month into my cryptocurrency portfolio. And yes, I've gotten an overwhelming number of requests. I will be doing a video on that very soon. And I also have my $2,000 per month going into my Fundrise portfolio. I already did an update video on that. I will put a card in the corner if you guys want to learn more about that crowdfunded real estate investment. But that being said, let's get to it, guys. Let's jump into my M1 Finance portfolio. The market is bleeding right now. It's massively in the red. We are in correction territory. Are we heading to crash territory? Let's talk about that right now. All right, guys, so here we are inside of my M1 Finance portfolio. And as you can see, there is a significant amount of money that has been added to this portfolio. And that is because, as I mentioned, I transferred my shares of General Electric and National Grid to this portfolio 
from my Charles Schwab account. And I had pretty much planned on doing this, but I was just waiting until after tax season just for simplicity. Um, and so basically what I did is I just went through the transfer process and it's honestly extremely easy if you guys are looking to do this with M1 Finance as well. They have a rollover concierge team which helps out with rolling over 401ks or transferring brokerage accounts. So all you have to do is email them a copy of your statement and then make sure each of the shares you are looking to transfer in are within your portfolio. But as we can see here, it's been a pretty nasty week in my portfolio. I'm recording this here on Friday, and it's been, I believe, the worst week since the housing crash of 2008-2009. So it's been a pretty nasty week here, and if people are new to the stock market, they may be wondering, you know, what the heck is going on? What should they be doing? And so obviously, guys, I can't tell you what to do, but I will be telling you what I am doing. And the big thing is, in addition to the $500 I invest per week, I'm adding an additional $5,000 to this portfolio on Monday because in my opinion, I believe these stocks are at rock bottom bargain prices right now. We're looking at stocks like Apple and Microsoft, 20% off right now. And so that's basically what I'm doing. I have $5,000 that is going to be going into this portfolio on Monday. Now, before I get into the allocations because they've changed a little bit, let's jump over to my holdings tab and I'll show you guys what my portfolio looks like right now in terms of my return. All right, so overall, my portfolio is down 21.76% or $5,141.51. Now, personally, I do not care because I'm not worried about this portfolio in the short term. This is a portfolio I'm building for five to 10 years out. And if you do look at this portfolio, I am quite a bit overweight in General Electric right now because I transferred that in. So when we go back to the main page, we'll talk about that more, but that is skewing my results here a little bit. If you look at the stocks that I've bought in this portfolio, obviously 3M is the biggest loser right now, down 15%. Walgreens is just about right there as well, down 14.64%. IBM down about 6%. Um, National Grid, those shares were transferred in, down 5%. Apple is down 10% and Microsoft is down 4.48%. Now you may notice as well that I no longer have Amazon or VOO in this portfolio. And last episode, I talked to you guys about this. I said, what do you think? Should I leave this in my portfolio? Should I take it out? And I ultimately decided to sell those because they weren't dividend payers. VOO does pay a dividend, but I don't really want this to be an index fund portfolio. I want this to be an individual stock portfolio. So I decided to sell my micro positions and those shares. And if I jump over to the activity tab, I'll show you exactly what happened here with that. So basically on February 5th of this month, I sold my shares of VOO and Amazon for a total of 146.24. And then that money was invested across 3M, Microsoft and Apple. So those are no longer in my portfolio. Now, right now, as I'm sure you guys can see, I am quite a bit overweight in industrials between 3M and General Electric, and that is largely because I transferred that stock into this portfolio. So my target allocation long-term for GE is just 13% of this portfolio, and right now it is 597 
Then we look at 3M. My target is 13. We're actually about where we want to be with that. But right now, looking at this, I have 72% of my portfolio involved in industrials. So this is not a well-diversified portfolio right now. But when you're transferring stocks in, uh, you kind of just have to bite the bullet and understand that over time, as you add more money to this portfolio, it is going to become more balanced. I'm underweight in Walgreens stock, underweight in IBM, underweight in National Grid, and I'm also underweight in Microsoft and Apple. Now, I did change these allocations actually this morning because I was thinking about, okay, when this $5,000 hits my portfolio Monday, what stocks do I want it flowing into? And I do like Apple and Microsoft. I just didn't like the fact that they were trading at all-time highs. But now, both of these stocks are at about 20% off. So I bumped them up in my portfolio to 5% and 5%. So now, 10% of my portfolio, long-term, is going to be devoted to technology. And these are you know large blue-chip stocks that do pay dividends. So obviously, guys, my portfolio is down quite a bit right now, but this is what happens, number one, when you hold individual stocks, and number two, when you start a portfolio in the late stages of a bull market. But to be honest with you guys, at a certain point, you just have to decide that you're going to jump in and begin investing. I would say if I were to put my risk tolerance on a scale of one to 10, one being totally risk averse and 10 being high risk tolerance, I'm probably about an eight. And you have to be when you own a business and when you're kind of an entrepreneur rather than someone in a nine to five job. So my risk tolerance is very high. So that is why I don't even care that my portfolio is down 20%. I see I'm down 20%. And in my mind, I go, let me buy more. I want to add five grand to this portfolio and ramp up my investments to take advantage of these sales. Now, could this go lower? Absolutely. It's entirely possible that we'll see coronavirus spreading throughout the U.S. and we could see a full-blown crash. Right now, we are in correction territory, down about 12% looking at the S&P 500. And for those who are not familiar, a correction is considered a 10% drop and then a crash is 20% or more. So it could go lower, but if it does, I will just continue adding more money to this portfolio. The only thing I would not do right now is lump sum investing. So let's say, for example, you had $5,000 you wanted to invest and that was all you had. I would definitely not just, just dump that money all at once into your portfolio. You would want to follow that strategy of dollar cost averaging. Because as you guys can see, my starting positions in these stocks were quite high based on where the market has gone. But now, because I am regularly contributing more money to this portfolio, I am able to average down and lower my cost basis over time. If you dump all of your money into the market at once, you eliminate that ability to average down and you're pretty much stuck with what you got there. And that's exactly what happened with General Electric. I bought this stock back in 2017 and I made two big purchases. I lump sum invested, um, I think it was like 7,000 and then 6,000, something like that. But by doing that, I eliminated my potential to average down and that is why I am down massively in this position uh, because of the fact that I didn't dollar cost average, I just dumped all my money in at once. So I personally am not concerned about this portfolio being down right now. I am not losing sleep over it. Uh, but if you are a beginner and this is your first time investing, it could be concerning if you see this and that is understandable. 
But you have to remember that this is the time when people really make money in the stock market is by buying low and selling high. Now, am I saying that we are low right now? I don't know for sure. It could obviously continue falling, but by following that dollar cost averaging strategy, I probably sound like a broken record player right now, but that is a little bit of added insurance in case we are not in fact at a low and it still has more room to fall. And the other thing I want to mention real quick before we break down the individual stocks is that I have the advantage with this portfolio of being able to be paid in two different ways. Number one, obviously asset appreciation, which is when a stock price goes up. And obviously, in a time like this, I'm not expecting stocks to go up overnight, and I may not have any asset appreciation here uh, as far as gains for quite some time. But even if we are in a bear market, I still am going to earn money from the dividends in my portfolio. So by being a dividend investor, you have the potential to make money from asset appreciation as well as those dividends. And if we actually look at my portfolio here, once it is correctly allocated, because right now it's overweight in General Electric, it is going to pay about a 3.4% dividend yield, which means I will be making that money no matter what. Now, could these companies cut their dividends? It's possible, but many of these stocks in my portfolio are dividend aristocrats that have been growing and paying dividends for 20, 30, 40 years. So that, in my opinion, is highly unlikely based on the current circumstances. The other advantage I have here is as stock prices fall, the dividend yield goes up as I add more money to this portfolio. And this just means I'm getting more bang for my buck and earning a higher dividend yield on some of these blue chip stocks. The only time when I really start to get concerned about stocks in my portfolio is when they are deviating from the overall market. And pretty much every stock I own right now is doing exactly what the market is. It's falling. So for example, if the market was roaring ahead and my stocks were falling, that to me would be an indicator that, hey, you know what, there might be something going on here and something I need to look into. But based on all of these stocks I own, I believe they are just being caught up in a broad market correction. But now we're going to do a small deep dive on each one here. That's kind of a oxymoron statement. I know some people say these videos are too long, but I do a lot of research for them and I really like staying informed with my investments. So we're going to try to cut it down a little bit shorter looking at each of these stocks, starting with the new additions to this portfolio, which are General Electric and National Grid. All right, guys, so here's the deal with General Electric. It makes up about $11,000 of my portfolio, the lion's share of my portfolio, and I have a cost basis of $14.15. So my total cost on these shares was $15,000. Now, if we actually click at the stock, I wanna show you guys what this stock has been doing over the last couple of years. I bought this stock in 2017 when I was seeing the stock do this. I saw it dropping and dropping and I was saying, wow, you know, this stock is getting cheap, but it was a classic falling knife or value trap, whatever you want to call it. And this is an issue you run into when you see a blue chip stock falling. It may appear to be a value, but oftentimes, you know, these stocks have a lot longer to fall. If we open this up to the five-year chart, you guys will see what happened. This was a $30 stock all day, and then it went down to as low as $6 per share. 
uh, somewhere around here in 2018. So obviously, guys, hindsight is 2020. Had I, number one, waited a little bit longer or number two dollar cost averaged, I would be up quite a bit right now. But I didn't, and so this has been a tremendous learning experience here for me when it comes to investing. Now, that being said, I was actually pretty close to my cost basis earlier this year. Um, in February, earlier this month, I was close to my cost basis. My cost basis is about 14 it was at 1315 and I was thinking, wow, I'm in a position where if I want to, I could just sell this stock once it hits break even and invest it across my portfolio. However, there is a new CEO in charge of this company and I do think the CEO is the right move for them going forward. So I actually like this stock now for a more longer term hold and I want to hold on to it until it's at least $20 per share. So my plan is once this stock hits $20 per share, that is when I will reevaluate. If they ramp up their dividend and they pay a higher dividend, I may consider keeping it. If not, I will probably just sell it, take my capital gain and invest it across my portfolio because this really isn't a great dividend pick right now because one of the drastic moves the CEO had to make is cutting that dividend down to one penny per share. So they currently pay just a 0.39% dividend yield, which for a dividend portfolio, you know, that's just not great. So this analyst here has a couple of questions about their 10K filing. With the SEC, after Monday's close, he said the headcount is basically unchanged from 2018, which raises questions about how the cost structure is supposed to improve. They're actually down about 100,000 people right now, but that has largely been due to them divesting certain businesses and selling them off. So I think what he's getting at here is that even though we've seen these businesses sold off, the headcount at General Electric for the businesses they have kept has not changed very much. And obviously, General Electric became too big and too complicated, and cutting off employees that are not needed is definitely essential to their operation. He also said the results indicate that the $1.4 billion headwind from the issues with Boeing's uh, 737 MAX wasn't the entire story for GE's aviation business after all, and that the entire free cash flow beat for 2019 was a result of restructuring what he calls unsustainable progress payment benefits. So he's kind of saying that although there was some good news surrounding GE and their free cash flow, he's claiming it was a result of these one-time cost-cutting efforts and restructuring, which obviously would not continue long-term. So is this a huge deal? Personally, I'm not concerned about this. I think Larry Culp is the man for the job and he's going to continue to do good things for GE. But obviously this did scare some investors and that may have resulted in general electric having a little bit more of a downtrend than the overall market. Okay, next up, let's talk about National Grid stock here, which is actually traded under an ADR or American Depository Receipt. And that is because this is a United Kingdom based company and it's a power utility. And it also was my former employer, oddly enough. I worked for this utility company for about two and a half years. And in my opinion, it's a really great boring stock to own. And especially during times of uncertainty in the market, boring is good. So the reason why I have chosen National Grid stock over Southern Company or one of these other utility stocks is because the dividend yield for National Grid is actually quite a bit higher than other utility stocks. There is reason behind this, which I will explain in a minute, but I am personally comfortable with that risk involved and associated with this stock. 
So if we take a look at this stock here over the last five years, it basically does nothing. And that's what I like. It's a very boring investment. In 2015, it traded around $72 per share. And then it did have a bit of a downtrend here, as most of the utility stocks did going into 2018 and 2019 falling to around even $48 per share. We've began to see a bit of a rally here with these utility stocks, so it's climbed from that $50 range up to $63 per share. But as you will see right here, this is a pretty good dividend payer here with a current dividend yield of 4.88%. If we compare that to other utility stocks out there, like Southern Company, for example, they have just a 4.08% dividend yield. So you're getting a significantly higher yield on National Grid than you are of Southern Company. Now, there's a number of reasons why people like buying utility stocks. Number one, the main reason is that no matter what's going on, you need power and you need electricity and your natural gas. And in most cases, guys, I've seen this firsthand. I used to be a past due bill collector for National Grid. People will literally pay the National Grid bill before they pay rent. Because if you don't pay rent, the eviction process takes a couple of months. If you don't pay National Grid, they could be out there within three days to shut off your power or your gas. So this is in most cases the very first bill people will pay during a bad time because they know that they will have a longer time before their mortgage company forecloses their house or their landlord evicts them. Now, as far as this stock goes, they are predominantly operating in the United Kingdom. However, they also have operations here in the United States in the Northeast. It used to be about a 70-30% split there with 70% of operations in the UK, but I know they are expanding operations here in the US. So it's also a great stock because you have not only diversification throughout states in the Northeast, but you also have diversification globally and it's a regulated utility. And you really can't beat that in terms of a boring safe investment because these utilities have a monopoly. You don't have a choice between different utilities here in the Northeast and in the UK. So as a result, the government regulates how much money these utility companies can make, which results in these being very safe and consistent dividend investments. And one thing I really like about National Grid is that they are not involved in the energy supply business. They are just involved in the distribution. Years ago, this company was called Niagara Mohawk, NIMO for short, if you lived in the Northeast. And they used to be involved in both the supply business as well as the distribution business. So not only did they supply the lines and supply the gas for distribution of gas and electricity, they were also involved in electric, uh, electric generation plants as well as gas transmission plants. And as I'm sure you guys know, the prices on commodities change all the time. And that is just not a business I would personally want to be investing in or involved with. So they ended up selling off that part of their business. And now they are solely involved in the distribution side of the business, which is maintaining the power lines and maintaining the gas lines. And they let other people supply the gas and electricity. So in my opinion, that just makes this a much safer and much more boring and predictable investment. Now, that being said, there is a risk factor that plays into this stock that you don't have with other ones like Southern Company or U.S.-based utility companies, and that is the fact that the United Kingdom is looking at nationalizing the power utilities by the Labour Party. So, essentially, this group is looking to be elected, and if the opposition Labour Party is, in fact, elected in the next general election, they want to nationalize the power utilities. 
And this right here summarizes the gist of this risk here. The measures would put the companies that transmit power and own cables linking with markets in the European Union under the authority of ministers in London. Labor leader Jeremy Corbyn would make the priority to reduce fossil fuel emissions and ensure heat and electricity flow to consumers at low prices. Essentially, they want to cut down on the profitability of the power utilities in the European Union. So obviously, National Grid predominantly serving the United Kingdom, there's a risk factor here at play because if this Labour Party is elected, well then they could in fact do this and lower the profitability of National Grid, which could hurt them in terms of how much they are able to pay out in dividends to shareholders, etc., etc. However, if this does happen, I would assume they're just going to try to expand the business here in the United States where they have a more open say in how much money they are able to charge. Now the PSC or the Public Service Commission does regulate them and tell them how much they can charge customers for the delivery of the gas and electricity, but every so often they go ahead and they go in front of the PSC and they request a rate increase. And overall, from what I can tell here, they've been able to get those rate increases every couple of years. So even though they are a regulated monopoly here in the Northeast, they still have the ability to increase that rate over time, allowing them to have a healthy profit margin. Okay, very briefly, let's cover the other stocks in my portfolio. Since we've already covered them in other episodes, feel free to go back and check those out, but we're just gonna do some general pointers on what has changed here. We had an analyst upgrade 3M stock from a hold to a buy with a price target of 205 per share. Right now, my average price per share is about 175. So that's a pretty good implied upside in this stock if they are in fact heading to 205 per share. We also know that 3M has ramped up production of medical masks across three continents, but no matter what they do, they are not able to keep up with the demand at all. And what we're seeing on Amazon is gouging customers. So individual Amazon sellers are taking these 3M masks and listing them for sale anywhere from three to five times the MSRP, and that is not legal. But what Amazon is doing is they're attempting to identify these sellers and taking them off their platform. So 3M, in theory here, despite the fact that they're having issues with the cyclical industries they serve, they should really have uh, you know a lot of profits this quarter based on the sales of these medical masks. So here we have an example of the price gouging that's going on right now, and it's honestly absurd. Here we have a five pack of the 3M N95 masks selling for $175. So guys, this is called price gouging. It is not legal, and Amazon is doing what they can to get this off their site. And even then, the arrival date for these is March 5th to March 10th. So they are having major issues with supply of these medical masks and people are trying to gouge and make a profit here by marking up these prices astronomically. 3M does not benefit from this price gouging because they're still selling them at their manufactured suggested retail prices, but because they are making so many of them, it is going to benefit them as far as their profits this quarter because it is obviously more medical masks being sold than anticipated because nobody knew that the coronavirus was going to happen the way that it did. So it was nice to see that analyst upgrade. This is a dividend aristocrat that has been increasing dividends for 62 years. 
No concerns here with 3M. I hope it stays cheap for a while so I can buy more shares. But as I said right now, between GE and 3M, I am pretty overweight in industrials. Okay, so now we'll talk about Apple briefly here. And this is a very small component of my portfolio because I had it set at just 1% of my allocations. This is a stock I've owned in the past. I've done very well with it. I've sold it in the past, obviously, to make some money from it. Um, but now that we're seeing Apple stock going on sale, I've decided to ramp up my allocation from 1% to 5%. So right now, this is a microscopic uh, allocation here. I own just 0.5 shares at a cost of 147.48. But coming Monday, when that 5,000 is moved into my portfolio, a lot of that money will flow into Apple stock because I am so underweight in it based on my allocations. And the issue here with Apple is simply the fact that they're having supply chain problems here with China. After the Chinese New Year, the supply has not been ramped up as quickly as possible because of the coronavirus. And so as a result, people want to buy iPhone 11s, but they just can't find them. Uh, my girlfriend actually works for Verizon and she sells phones and she was telling me that People are going all over the place. They can't get their hands on an iPhone 11 no matter where they are looking. So the good news is here that these issues that Apple is facing are not related to people not liking the product, people not wanting the product. They want iPhone 11s. They just can't find them anywhere because of the coronavirus disrupting the supply chain. And we're going to talk about Microsoft in a second here, but that is the exact same reason why Microsoft stock is down as well. But one good point that The Motley Fool made here is that this could actually build up some pent-up demand here for the iPhone 12 that is going to be released this fall, which is going to be their first 5G phone. So if people are unable to get the iPhone 11, they still are going to have that desire or appetite for a new phone, and that just may result in more sales of the iPhone 12, which will probably be a more profitable product for them. Uh, but anyways, that's an interesting point here, that this is kind of like a pressure cooker, and it could build up demand for the newer iPhone rather than having people trying to buy the iPhone 11 right now. Same exact story here for Microsoft, guys. We're just going to cover this one briefly. I also bumped this up to 5% of my portfolio. I own very little Microsoft right now, about $150 worth. Microsoft came out as well and said that their sales forecast will have to be lower for the current quarter based on supply chain distribution issues linked to the coronavirus. Again, same story here. People want to buy Microsoft products. They can't get their hands on them because they are not coming out fast enough from the Chinese factories. We talked about Walgreens Boots Alliance quite a bit in last month's update, so I really have no news to share here. Nothing really happened with Walgreens, no downgrades, no upgrades. They are just caught up in the broad market sell-off, so they are down just about the same amount as the overall Dow Jones Industrial Average and the broad market. And then finally, we have IBM here, which is the stock I am down the least in because there was some pretty good news that came out for this company uh, late January. It was just after I uploaded my video. Um, there was a new CEO put in charge of the company. We'll open up the article in a second, but this just reaffirms their focus on cloud computing, which is obviously going to be a huge business for them going forward. So let me look at my holdings real quick here. I believe I'm only down, uh, let's see here, IBM. Yeah, I'm down 
down 5.93%, whereas stocks I was buying in the same time frame, I'm down, you know, 15%. And that's because there was that good news surrounding the new CEO. So I'm really not down that much with IBM. Um, and so this is a stock I'm actually glad got cheap again because I want to I wanna buy more. I only have, you know, $2,200 worth of this stock and I want to get more when it's cheap because I really love where this company is going long term with their focus on cloud computing. And here we have that headline right here, IBM stock rallies as Krishna to succeed Ramedi as CEO. And this paragraph sums it up pretty well right here. It says, Arvind is the right CEO for the next era of IBM, Rometty said in this statement. He is a brilliant technologist who has played a significant role in developing our key technologies, such as artificial intelligence, cloud, quantum computing, and blockchain. He is also a superb operational leader able to win today while building the businesses of tomorrow. So this is basically, I believe this was their former... Uh, senior vice president of the cloud segment that they now made CEO. So this is phenomenal news. I think that's a great uh, pick here for, for IBM. And I just love the direction this company is heading. And I personally believe that this company years from now is going to have you know a valuation closer to Microsoft than it does right now uh, with a market cap under, I believe, $100 billion. So I like where this company is heading long term. I hope it stays cheap for a while because I certainly want to buy more shares. And it looks like their market cap is uh, $1.15 billion, but if you compare that to Microsoft, Microsoft is a massive cloud computing company, and they're worth 10 times what IBM is worth right now. Obviously, Microsoft is a totally different company, but it is possible for IBM's valuation to increase significantly over the coming years as they dive deeper into these emerging technologies. So anyways, guys, that is my portfolio update. If you stuck around to the very end, leave me a comment down below. I'm always curious how many people watch the entire video, and I certainly appreciate you for doing that. A fair amount of research goes into these videos, uh, so it really is great when people watch the whole thing and stick around to the end, and I try to make them as informative and quick as possible, even though I am packing in quite a bit of information here. The last thing I want to say here is that money in the stock market is made from buying low and selling high. And if you're somebody who liked Apple stock at $325 per share, you know, why wouldn't you like it at $275? So this is a real test of people's patience and um, control of their emotions when a company stock that they own goes down. This shows you whether or not you really like this company and want to stick by it long term or were you just getting caught up in the hype of, you know, Tesla or Apple and now you're saying, I don't know why I own this stock, I want to sell, you know. And this is where people make that mistake of, you know, selling and recognizing that loss. And you also have to remember, you don't lose any money until you sell. While my portfolio is down about $3,000, I have not lost $3,000. I've lost $0. If I sold everything right now, now I've lost $3,000. So keep that in mind, guys. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out next week. Um, and we'll see where the markets head. And I will update you guys next month. And I have a big surprise coming next month. I'm excited to let you know about. Uh, like I said, that free training for M1 Finance is down in the description below. I'll show you guys step by step how to build an M1 Finance portfolio. And there's also a link to sign up for M1 yourself if you want to support me with my affiliate link for putting this video together. But thanks so much for watching, guys. I will see you in the next episode. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up this show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you stuck around to the end, 
please take one minute and leave me an honest review of this podcast. As always, you can check me out on YouTube for more content or feel free to grab my free training on investing with M1 Finance for beginners. This is the exact brokerage I personally invest with. Those links are in the show notes. See you next month.